We're in the thick of the summer now. It's all about fun, right? Beaches, boardwalks, beer, having a blast. Uh, in the Jewish calendar, it's not so simple. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Rabbi E in 3. I'm Rabbi Yosef Edelstein, Rabbi E for short, and get ready for a short burst of Jewish wisdom that I hope will elevate and illuminate your life. We need elevation and illumination. It's a dark time, arguably in the world at large in many ways, but definitely in the Jewish calendar. We're in the middle of the period known as the three weeks that culminates in Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, the saddest and most tragic day in the Jewish year, the day on which both of our temples were destroyed, many other tragic events happened, dislocation, disunity, the negative consequences of our own actions, that's what we're supposed to be focusing on a little bit at this period of time. It doesn't sound like fun, but we have someone very fun to join us to unpack this concept and make it more real. I'm very excited now. I want to bring on my first ever outside guest to the Rabbi Ian 3 podcast. I say outside guest because my wife has been on, but we live in the same house. But this is my first guest, and it's part of the summer season, which I've been building up in your minds because I want to bring in fresh, inspiring new voices. Indeed, today we have a fresh, inspiring new voice, an old friend, a good friend, Rabbi Ari Koretsky, who's the executive director of Moor at the University of Maryland. And it's quite fitting that he's on this podcast because his example of trailblazing in the Jewish podcast world, he's the creator and host of a really amazing podcast called Jews You Should Know. But that really inspired me to take the plunge and do this one. So it's really wonderful and fitting to have you on with me today. Great to be here, Rabbi E. The hype is real, baby. <laughs> But Rabbi Kretzky truly is an inspirational person in the world of Jewish outreach and education. And we confer a lot and we meet a lot to talk about, you know, issues that are important to us and to the students. We try to inspire, educate, and empower as part of Ma'or. But Rabbi K, full disclosure, you told me on the phone what you wanted to talk about in this interview and introduce the subject. So we were talking about our recent musings, which have been about the intersection on the Jewish calendar between the themes of exile meaning that the summer period actually coincides on the Jewish calendar with the saddest and most tragic period historically in the Jewish year, which is somewhat dissonant with the mode of summer, which we tend to feel certainly as Americans, as Westerners, which is that light, breezy, sunshine, frivolity, jet skiing, joy, all these lovely motifs. They seem to be at, at great odds with the Jewish calendrical motifs of sadness the destruction of the temple 2,000 years ago, and how we still mourn that to this day. And just when we want to be kind of up and passionate and excited and having a good time, we've got kind of this albatross of sorts around our neck. Right. And actually, if mourning for the destruction of the temple and what that means were itself an easy prospect in and of itself, that would be one thing. But it's very hard to grasp anyway to really get into it. We never lived with a temple and what it represented. And so in the summer months when the mind is on jet skiing and partying, whatever, it's even harder. Your point is good that no doubt that if somebody, God forbid, loses an actual loved one, a close family member, they have no problem mourning, whether it's summer, winter, or any other time, because it feels so real and immediate. The challenge only presents as a result of our distance 
from these conceptual themes of Jewish mourning, which again is so foreign to us because we don't really feel that sense of loss that the temple was destroyed and all these other difficulties, especially here in the 21st century America. Obviously, there is a rise in anti-Semitism recently, which is very troubling, anti-Israel sentiment and so forth. So, you know, a little bit we can feel that. And as you mentioned in our pregame chat, you know, there have been a lot of Saris, a lot of very difficult, challenging situations that have confronted the Jewish world in the last couple of months, the stampede in Mehron and the building collapse in Miami, among others. And those certainly help us feel a little bit more of that overarching sadness that we understand to be really an extension of our experience of being in exile. What you're alluding to is that this three-week period culminating in Tisha B'Av, the 9th of Av, the day on which both temples were destroyed, as catastrophic as those events were, it really carried in its wake all the sufferings and dislocation of the diaspora and the exile. So these three weeks are really about much more than just two buildings, however beautiful, being destroyed. And the sorrows, the difficulties that we have, they're part of what our intention is during these weeks. So those recent events certainly make the morning a little bit more immediate and a little bit more accessible. But that being said, still on a, on a normal annual basis, we do struggle to connect with these themes of the kind of the ancient morning, even though, as we do believe, it has an extended reach into the modern times. And I recently had an experience that has really helped me feel a little bit more connected to that sense of dislocation, as you put it, which is that I was trying to get into the land of Israel. Israel announced that on July 1st, they would be opening their borders to tourists. Until now, only citizens could get in and some other special circumstances. And so as soon as I heard that announcement, I bought two tickets, one for myself, one for my wife. Sorry, my dog wasn't allowed to come. And we were going to go to Israel in the middle of July. And then lo and behold, a couple of days later, because of the Delta strain, that order was canceled or postponed till at least August 1st. And tourists were no longer allowed in. And that feeling of helplessness, that feeling of frustration, I can't get into the Holy Land. I'm being barred entry into my homeland. That was an incredibly poignant feeling. Especially because, I mean, one of the blessings of our time, paradoxically, makes it also harder to mourn. And that is that we really generally have free access to the land of Israel. I can get on a plane anytime and go. And it's very important to remember, as you know, that obviously there's a big background question here. What are you talking about exile? We have a modern state of Israel, but our tradition tells us that the destruction of the temple meant so many things. We lost prophecy. We lost that spiritual closeness. Thank God we have a thriving community and state over there, but that's, we're still in that state of spiritual exile. But like I said, it's kind of funny because, hey, what do you mean? I was just on Ben Yehuda you know, last year, but we have to still work on realizing we don't have it all. We have something, and you've been reminded this summer that you couldn't even get into the physical boundaries of the place. That's right. So for me, this was a great and powerful metaphor for the uh, broader spiritual condition of the Jewish people. That while there may seem, as you said, sort of a facade of calm and of contentment and that everything is sort of hunky-dory to use a, uh, an expression from your youth, not mine. Rabbi Kay is always looking to uh, poke fun at my age. I'm in my rocking chair right now. What can I tell you? But you are rocking with great passion and uh, I'm impressed. In any event, it gives us that sense that we are really not in a place of, of satisfaction, that we are in a place of spiritual compromised condition. And that even when we can get into the land physically, there is something missing in the world. That the world, both Jewishly and writ large, are imperfect. There is war, there is pain, there is suffering. There is so much that requires our active engagement, our partnership. 
And ultimately, we're working towards this redemptive vision that the prophets speak about in the Jewish history has always been oriented towards. Has inspired so many great people among the nations of the world as well. Great spiritual leaders of the other nations who were inspired by the messianic vision that Judaism brought to the world and the goal to which human history is going. And we're in a confused time, a dark time. And who doesn't know that on a personal level, just in our own choice of lifestyle of It's overwhelming, the lack of clarity sometimes. And one of the main hallmarks we're taught of having the temple, especially in the first temple period in our history, was there was clarity. Doesn't mean we were perfect. We weren't angels. We made mistakes, so much so that the first temple was destroyed as a consequence. And then the second, but there was much more clarity about ultimate purpose in life. So in any event, this year to me has helped bring home a little bit what that morning can look like, at least in my own small way. This year, I've been able to feel a little bit of what that sense of separation, that sense of longing feels like. I'm so glad you brought up longing, Rabbi Kay, because I was going to say, this whole exercise of the three weeks of this period of time in the Jewish calendar is not just sitting around and moaning. The sadness or the, the feeling of loss is supposed to awaken and strengthen that longing to build, to rebuild, to still work. It's not a time of despair. It's a time of feeling the confusion and sadness wrought by our own actions, largely as a Jewish people, are not rising up to the challenge of being a holy people. Amen to that, Rabbi E. And with that, I will tell you that I am longing for the opportunity to return to this podcast. But meanwhile, it's been great having a couple minutes with my dear old friend. Emphasis on the old, slight emphasis on the dear. And Rabbi K, tell them again, your wonderful podcast. Check out Jews You Should Know on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever your pods are cast. And let's do this again soon. We're taught that in the future times, Tisha B'Av, that sad, bitter day of mourning, will be transformed into a day of rejoicing. We long for that time in the world, as Jews and as human beings, a time of unity, of clarity, of illumination, of greater spiritual connectedness. So let's, myself included, use this time right now to increase our longing and to increase our commitment to making that world come closer through our deeds of goodness, righteousness, kindness, mitzvot, Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to Rabbi Ian 3 and hear me next time.